millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Kia ora and welcome. From Radio New Zealand National, here's our changing world. Since recording this interview about sodium in our diet, I've become obsessed with reading food labels. I've discovered, for instance, that two slices of bread contain almost one-sixth of your daily recommended intake of sodium, while a single serving of baked beans contains nearly half. It's abundantly clear that we live in a high-salt world. So how feasible is it to have a low-sodium diet? It's a question that master student Catherine Lofthouse at the University of Otago is trying to answer with a group of keen volunteers. And to find out more, Alison catches up with public health physician Rachel McLean, study participant Tanya Leiders and Catherine. Our study is looking into the feasibility of low-sodium diets in New Zealand. Investigating what are the barriers and supports for people who are trying to lower their sodium intake and to follow a low-sodium diet. And we're also interested in finding out if someone does go on a low-sodium diet, do they find themselves making other dietary changes? Um, for instance, do they end up consuming more sugar or more fatty products? What we know is that most of the sodium that we consume in our diet is inherently already in um, processed foods and right throughout the food supply. So we anticipate that it's quite difficult to lower your sodium intake if you actually eat like normal New Zealanders do. So what we want to find out is can adult New Zealanders lower their sodium intake consuming normal products and what do they need to do to the rest of their diets in order to do so. So how much salt should we have in our diet and how much salt does an average New Zealander have? The World Health Organisation recommends that an adult will have a maximum intake of two grams of sodium, which is about five grams of salt, which is a teaspoon. And that would be the maximum that we should consume um, every day as an adult, much less for children. And what our best estimate is that we consume about three and a half grams of sodium for adults in New Zealand, which is about nine grams of salt. So it's about one and a half to two times what we should be consuming on average. So tell me a bit more about sodium and actually why too much sodium is bad for us. The main problem with eating a diet that's high in sodium is that it's associated with elevated blood pressure. And we know that um, high blood pressure is one of the key risk factors for cardiovascular disease, particularly stroke, but also heart attacks and other heart problems. So the, the link between sodium and blood pressure is very, very strong. There's an association between a high sodium intake and abnormal function of the lining of the blood vessels. So it seems to have a direct effect on what on the endothelium, which lines the blood vessels. And, of course, um, a high sodium intake can affect the kidneys and lead to kidney disease and possibly even osteoporosis because if you're excreting a lot of sodium, you also excrete more calcium. So there, there's possibly a link there. In countries with a high rate of stomach cancer, 
those with a high sodium intake tend to have an increased risk of stomach cancer as well. Now in New Zealand we don't have a high rate of stomach cancer so it's probably not a major factor in New Zealand but we do have very high rates of cardiovascular disease relative to other causes of death. So cardiovascular disease is still a leading cause of death in New Zealand. So it's the blood pressure that's the main issue here. Do we need some sodium in our diet though? We can't eliminate it completely? Well it would be impossible to eliminate it completely anyway but yes we do need a little bit and there is so enough sodium within food naturally to meet our requirements so yes we do need a bit but we don't need nearly as much as we're consuming there have been studies looking at different populations all around the world 52 different populations in 32 countries and there's only a few these days that have a very low sodium intake but those that do have a very very low sodium intake about 600 milligrams a day and they don't have any adverse effects so why do manufactured and processed foods have so much salt in them? Uh, a number of reasons. Um, one is that sodium has, takes water with it into products. So if you're making sausages, for example, if you have a high salt content, then you can put more water in the sausages and it makes them sort of succulent and um, juicy. It also makes them heavier so that if you sell your sausages by weight, you can add, it's a relatively cheap ingredient Salt and water is relatively cheap compared to, say, meat, and so you can increase the weight of your products. And similarly with um, other meat products, often people will add salt so they can add water, increase the sort of the juiciness of the product and also increase the weight. Um, the main reason we've used salt in the diet historically is for preservation, and it is quite a good preservative. Um, and certainly before we had refrigeration and freezing it was an important preservative but that's less important these days with other um, preservatives and refrigeration so it's less of an issue these days. So how are you going about your study? How many people are involved? I've got 10 participants. And these are people who volunteer to take part? Yes, that's right. They're all volunteers from around the University of Otago campus. Yep. So that includes some staff and some students. So Tanya, you're one of these willing volunteers? I am indeed, yes. So how come you volunteered for the project? Um, I have an interest in nutrition and good nutrition and I've had family members who've been impacted by health issues and I'd like to know more about how to you know, live more a more healthy lifestyle and um, what that means for nutrition. So before you started the study, how would you have described your diet? Reasonably healthy, but we did consume a lot of processed foods um, as a result of a busy lifestyle. It's easy to reach for something on the shelf um, like soups or um, something in a can. The odd takeaway, because we both work. So, yeah, one of the things I've been learning is well, what you substitute for those processed foods that means that you're consuming less sodium on a daily basis. So tell me how you're going about the study. Somebody comes in to be part of the study. What happens? We are gathering a little bit of information from them before they start. So we're getting some dietary information um, to get a bit of a picture as to how much sodium is in their diet. And then we ask them to undertake a low-sodium diet for four weeks. Before they commence that, I will give them some nutrition education. I've, I've developed a handbook um, that I give to them, and I also give them a lot of verbal advice. And during that four-week low-sodium diet period, they will come and see me here in the clinic once a week for some advice, support. And then again, at the end of the four-week period, we capture that dietary information from them again once more. More importantly, is at the end of the study we'll be conducting a semi-structured interview with our participants to um, evaluate how they found a low-sodium diet, what were the things that they found easy, what were the things they found more challenging. 
What were the challenges? Oh, the challenges were definitely actually getting the family on board, the person I live with, and actually also finding alternatives. There is so much sodium in food that it's really difficult to find things that are, that are low sodium. And I don't cook a lot, my husband does, so he controls really the cooking in the family. So it was actually about educating him as well as educating myself. I've started to cook a lot more. But going back to probably what... I did as a child, which was to eat food that was not processed. Um, you cook things from scratch, and you also, if you are going to use processed foods, like corn in a can or tomatoes in a can, have a look at the content, because there's choices. There's choices you can make about what value of sodium you have in those foods. Did it taste different? Did it take a while oh, for your taste buds yes, to get thanks used to for it? asking that question, because that <laughs> has actually been a huge issue for both of us. And I understand that it takes about eight to ten weeks to, to actually change your, your taste buds. That's been a biggie. Pouring salt on everything has been my husband's um, <laughs> prerogative for many years. So it's about slowly weaning yourself slowly off Slowly weaning yourself and not necessarily liking the taste of food to start with, but realising and appreciating that it's actually going to be um, a better for you in the long run. And my taste buds ha- are adjusting. Yeah. So there's a bit of pepper instead of a bit of salt and some herbs and things that go in, into the food. Yeah. Why do we like salt so much? It's, it's a taste that we get accustomed to and it becomes a habit and we have sodium receptors on our tongue and we just get used to the flavour of it. So it does take, as um, Tani said, eight to ten weeks to get used to tasting the flavours in the food again as opposed to the saltiness of the food. What we try and get people to do is to reduce the amount of salt in the food as they cook it and then they can add salt at the table if they really f- feel that it's necessary because when you add salt to the food when you're cooking it, it's mixed right through the food, so you need it a lot more to get the salty taste on the outside of the food, whereas if you can add it at the table, um, some studies have shown you can reduce your consumption by more than half because the salt that you add at the table sits on the outside of the food and you can get the salty flavour without having the salt right through the food. So it it is just a matter of getting used to the flavour and getting used to adding different sorts of flavourings, lemon juice, herbs, pepper, spices, having your food a bit fresher, all of those things can help. So are you providing some sort of support to the study participants? You're not just launching them out on their own? That's right, yep. Um, So I'll be giving them some verbal education each time I meet them. I've also developed a a handbook, which has got a lot of um, resources in there, which is really geared around helping people to select a lower sodium food choices um, and also how to eat or prepare lower sodium meals so I think essentially the focus is really around being able to give people lots of label reading skills and encouraging them to do that themselves when they're out shopping in the supermarket Um, I also recommend um, a free smartphone app called food switch which helps the user to be able to just interpret food labels and to be able to select products, pre-packaged products that are healthier alternatives. Another thing we focus on is being able to source some lower sodium recipes. I developed some guidelines or provided some guidelines for participants on um, the sodium contents of pre-packaged products that they should aim for um, and provided them with a wallet card that they can take when they're supermarket shopping. And furthermore, there's a product that's available in your supermarkets in the, in the salt section. It's called Low Salt, and I've been recommending that some participants can use that. It does contain two-thirds less the sodium than your regular table salt does. So it's quite a, a convenient way or a nice substitute that you can make to lower your sodium intake. 
Have you been using these resources? Did, did the app work for you? The app, um, my phone's been misbehaving. I desperately want to get the app working, so I'm going to be looking into that because it'll be really useful when I'm at the supermarket and trying to work out which brand is actually providing the low, lowest sodium option for me. But the other thing is that I've, I've used the internet, and um, I'm going to give the Healthy Food Guide a plug here, but that's a great resource. They've got some great recipes, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff online. Yeah. How have you found the reading the labels? They do tend to put a lot of that stuff in very fine print on the back of cans and packets. I'm not sure what that's about. Are they trying to hide it? But, yeah, it's been a challenge. Cat had provided me with, with a guide as to what low, medium and high sodium content actually is. And uh, so I'm always trying to keep it under sort of like about 300 milligrams for something that I'm buying. But when you're putting a meal together, you have to add up all of those constituent parts and actually come to, you know, a total that doesn't sort of sit too high on the, on the rankings as far as the sodium content goes. So if you can actually come in under sort of 500, you know, milligrams for a meal, you're doing quite well. Yep, yep, that'd be right. So if, if you're looking at 2,000 milligrams a day maximum, then a... A 500 milligram meal is, is okay. Yep. Yeah. So what's your comment about food labels? Are they easy for people to understand? Uh, we have done some research in this area and um, they're extremely difficult for people to understand. Um, the, the writing is very small, the information is difficult to interpret and it's a major problem um, for people, especially if they're focusing on reducing the salt or the sodium in their diet. There are some better labelling systems. Uh, the traffic light labelling system is much easier for people to interpret but it doesn't look like we're going to get that here anytime soon, unfortunately. So... Improving food labelling is a, would be a major step forward, but one of the best strategies for reducing sodium intake across the population is for the food industry to lower the sodium content in food, and it can be done. It has been done in the UK. The government over there set specific targets across a wide range of foods, and the food industry has come to the party and reduced the sodium intake in their foods, and that really is going to be the most effective approach um, to make it much easier for people to have a healthier diet. Salt does seem to be one of those items that people just don't want to change their habits. You know, they've got used to eating lots of salt, and even if you say to them, gosh, I, you know, I think you're eating too much salt, it's not very healthy for you, they go, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really difficult for people to make major changes to their diet for something that might or might not happen 10 or 20 years in advance. So particularly for younger, healthier people, if you try and talk to them about you need to lower your salt intake so that you don't have heart disease in 20 years, that's a really difficult mind shift for people to make. The other issue that we have is that some people think there's a sort of a competition between nutrients as to which is the most important. Is it salt or is it sugar or is it fat? And at the moment, the, the nutrient that's winning seems to be sugar. But those of us that work in nutrition and um, study nutrition know that it's not about a hierarchy, it's about your overall diet, your overall dietary pattern. And so we're focusing on sodium, but we're not encouraging people to eat sugar or fat, we're trying to focus on the whole diet and trying to find a way of eating less salt and increasing the healthfulness of your whole diet. Of course you need to have a life, you need to enjoy your meals, you need to enjoy food. Food is an enormous pleasure and it's the basis of a lot of the, the fun things that we do. We socialise with food, we spend times with our family with food. So we're really not interested in being the food police. What we're interested in doing is helping people to consume a more healthy diet, but also still enjoy eating. 
That was Rachel McLean, and you also heard from master student Catherine Lofthouse, who are both at the University of Otago. And thanks to study participant Tanya Lydas for sharing her experience. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, you can find more stories on our webpage, radioNZ.co.nz forward slash Our Changing World. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, Atabotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.